Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. About a year ago, uh, the bridge as an organization, we came here and we did a little talk about what's happening there at the bridge. And there were three of us at that point in time. Uh, as far as communicating with you, this morning you're stuck with just me, so hopefully I won't bore you. At the same time, I want to make sure that uh, for those who may be new here, that they uh, get caught up on everything that's occurring at the bridge, how the bridge got started, what is the bridge. It's not the Ambassador Bridge, uh, which sometimes I get when I tell people that I work for the bridge. Uh, they get confused, but uh, it is an organization and uh, we will dive into that shortly. Let's just open up in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning praising and thanking you for this, your church. We praise and thank you for the opportunity we have to come and gather and worship and sing our praises to you. Thank you for the worship team and what they're doing. Thank you for what's happening in the back with nursery and kids and all that's going on there. We pray, Lord, that everything that goes on in this service this morning will be for your honor and your glory. And we pray this all in thy precious name. Amen. So the bridge, as you can see, the Bridge Leamington Youth Resource Center, that's what I'm talking about this morning for a little while. About five years ago, uh, there were a few people from this church that got together and uh, they said, if our church didn't exist, would our community actually realize that? Would they know that we were gone? And so that got us thinking, how can we be more involved in our community? And so they started looking around, thinking of different opportunities where we could get involved. And it was determined that youth in our area needed help. They needed ways that they could navigate the government systems. Uh, all the supports the government has are great, but how do you service those organizations? How do you get to them? And then we talked about the aspect of youth who are homeless, youth who may be sleeping or couch surfing, uh, not having a place to stay. And so as a result of that, uh, a group was formed and it began with uh, this board of directors, uh, this is our current board, but they established an organization called Building Bridges Erie Shores. And they are a faith-based organization. You can see some of the names there. And uh, I won't list them, but you can again read them. And as far as an organization, we were talking about, again, what, do we, what is our purpose in the organization? So the mission of the organization is creating partnerships, building community, and changing lives. Our values, we are Christ followers. We seek to love others as God loves us. We are committed to serve our community and the most vulnerable among us. We are stewards. We strive to wisely manage the resources entrusted to us. We are partners. We believe we are stronger when we work together. So the organization was formed and obviously we decided we needed a building. Uh, we looked around to try and determine where the Lord may want us to uh, land. And uh, through a number of different opportunities, uh, it came to the former St. Joseph's Church, uh, which is on 310 Shirk Street. Uh, that was a facility that became available for sale, and, uh, but the price tag was too high. And in the end, uh, we were able to purchase that building for less than half of the original asking price. And it is just, again, an amazing, 
one of the first of the amazing miracles that the Lord has, uh, we have seen as an organization, how he has worked uh, in the lives of people, business people in the community, other people, uh, just amazing. Another thing that occurred for us was the aspect of uh, you, build a, you buy a building, you have no idea what it's like, uh, what kind of needs there may be. So we had to do renovations. Uh, it needed a new roof. And so one of the local contractors said, well, let me see what I can do. Let me talk to some of the other contractors and see what we can do about putting a new roof on the facility. And so one uh, Saturday morning in June of 2017, a group of contractors got together, 18 different roofing companies got together and in four hours put a new steel roof on the facility and at a cost to the bridge of zero. Um, just amazing. Just amazing again how giving this community is. Uh, we have been truly blessed. And uh, so other renovations were done. Uh, the facility got ready. Uh, we hired a couple of staff. Uh, I am on staff as well as Krista Rempel is the executive director. And then uh, we also, through the Ontario Trillium Fund, we were able to get a grant, a three-year grant, where we were able hi to hire some other staff. And so that is our current staff. As an organization, we have a mission and vision uh, as a staff and as volunteers. Uh, we also have vision and a mission. Our vision, every youth is valued, respected, supported, and reaches their full potential. Our mission, to transform lives by providing youth with resources and hope for the future in a safe and caring environment. That word hope, uh, when at one of our events, we listened to a speaker, and uh, his name is Ryan Davidson. He is a local businessman here in town. And uh, he told us the story of him being homeless on the streets of Toronto in his late teens, early 20s. And uh, he, uh, he had some vivid stories as far as what he experiences uh, as, as a homeless youth. But one of the things he commented about was that word hope. He said he realized through talking to somebody at uh, one point, he says, all of a sudden I had a glimpse of hope. And that got him started on a road to recovery. He is, like I say, now a Christian businessman in the community uh, and a true success story of what can happen when you instill hope in a youth. And that's what we desire as staff, uh, volunteers, everybody who is part of the bridge. We hope that uh, they will be uh, that support for us. And they, we hope that, uh, again, uh, we can instill some hope within the youth. What does the bridge currently offer? We are a not-for-profit organization that services youth ages 14 to 24. We opened our doors in January of 2018. We're open from Monday to Friday at this point in time from nine o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night. For those of you who love statistics, uh, here's a few numbers for you. An average of 20 youth use the facility each day and they come in for various reasons. Some just come in to hang out, uh, to be with other friends. Some come in because they need to finish up some homework and it's a fun place to, to do homework. Uh, what's more fun is to come out and play some pool or ping pong, uh, foosball, air hockey. Um, 
So they just come out to hang out, but also there are program services that we do provide uh, to them. And so um, one of those programs is called the nutrition program. And back before we even had the idea of the bridge, uh, there was a nutrition program that occurred uh, through access here on Talbot Street in town. And uh, we as a church decided, again, this was part of getting involved in the community, that we would fund or support the nutrition program at Access. And that, again, was about five years ago. And to this day, uh, this nutrition program is still going on. Uh, as a church, we still indirectly fund this. Uh, and that nutrition program is uh, three days worth of food that we give to a youth uh, who walks in the door and says, I need food, I'm hungry. We hand them this bag. Uh, actually, they're allowed to do a little bit of shopping now. We give them, uh, we got a couple of cupboards so they can pick and choose some of their, their foods that they want. Uh, but that nutrition program was used 55 times last month by 27 youth. And that's just uh, in our small community. Uh, just imagine uh, what goes on beyond that. 285 hot meals were served in the month of October. We are currently partnering with nine other community organizations to support the youth. Those meals, again, uh, we serve a hot meal every day at supper time at 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday, no questions asked, and we say, come on in, uh, have some food, and uh, we help them out in that regard. Again, partnering with other organizations is part of what the bridge always wanted to do. We wanted to bridge that gap between organizations, so if a youth had to go to SECC for one thing, and then they have to go to the hospital for something else. Well, now uh, they can all come to the bridge and find all of those services uh, under our roof. 61, first-time youth entered our doors in the month of October. Again, our numbers just keep going up and up, uh, which again shows the need that there is in our community. We could not run an organization uh, without volunteers. Um, there are a lot of you sitting in the pews here this morning who volunteer at the bridge and we greatly appreciate all of you and what you do for us. Um, Sarah was mentioning the quilts, uh, the ladies coming Monday and, and doing the quilts uh, for the youth at the bridge. Uh, that'll be part of our phase two, which I'll talk about shortly. But each youth who walks into our doors and is, becomes part of our phase two project, our supportive housing, they will receive one of those quilts. And so thank you very much uh, for your dedication. And that quilt then becomes uh, the youth, the property of the youth. Uh, and that's so neat. We have youth mentors. Uh, a number of you volunteers, youth mentors. And what does that mean? It just means hanging out with the youth once a week. Uh, two or three hours a day, you come, hang out with them, have some supper with them, shoot some pool with them, and just let them know uh, what it's like to live life, that you can have purpose in life, that you can have... Uh, opportunities that you can do things like get married and have kids and have uh, quote-unquote normal life whatever that is and so we value our youth mentors our front desk staff there's a number of here as well who volunteer for at our front desk it's great to walk into a facility and see a smiling face and that's what we have kitchen staff again our hot meals are all done by volunteers um, we don't have a staff that cooks on meals for us for the youth it is volunteers. Spiritual care team. Um, this is something that we're developing where we've asked a youth pastor from a different church to come out every day of the week. So for example, Monday, 
uh, is Xavier's day to come out to the bridge. And uh, so when Xavier comes out, they kind of look at him and say, who's that? Well, he's a youth pastor. He's a pastor? And uh, nothing against Xavier, but, you know, he doesn't really look like your typical youth pastor. <laughs> and then they find out that he's from a Mennonite church, and they say, he's Mennonite? And that just blows them away. So it's just an example of uh, one of the guys who uh, comes out each week, and the youth get to know him. And they get to know that he's just an ordinary guy, just like the rest of us. And uh, that is really neat to see. So we can also use help uh, as far as maintenance, fund development, and uh, other things. One of the main issues we had when we first got started with all of this, uh, as far as helping the youth in our community, was this aspect of couch surfing, or youth being homeless. And uh, over the past couple of years, we would have youth at various times walk in the door, and uh, we open up at 9 o'clock, and they would be exhausted. and we would feed them some breakfast and they would lie down on the couch and then they would sleep all day long. We would feed them supper, they would go out for the night, the following morning they would come back in and do the same thing, sleep on the couch all day after having breakfast. And so we realized what ha was happening is these youth were homeless. Um, they needed a place to stay and so they would be up all night long and they would want to sleep at the bridge. And so we wanted to be able to help them. If a youth is homeless in our community and they say, I need help with a home, there is no place that they can go to in our community. They have to go to downtown Mission in Windsor or to Salvation Army. And if you're a youth from Leamington, Kingsville, uh, Windsor can be a scary place. And you hear lots of horror stories of what goes on at some of those places. They're great places, but if you can avoid going there, great. And so that need of helping homeless youth uh, was still existing for us. So about a year ago, we started uh, our capital campaign. We wanted to build a building such as what you see on the screen there and uh, provide supportive housing for youth. And so we started the capital campaign and it wasn't going very well. And then we had uh, George Bergen met with a guy by the name of Pete Quiring. And uh, Pete says, well, I'll fund it, George. And uh, I get a little choked up when I talk about this because uh, this businessman stepped up and he's donated a million dollars for us to build that facility. And again, it's not Pete Quiring, it's the Lord using Pete Quiring. And it's the Lord using the rest of us to honor and glorify him uh, in many different ways. But it's an example of the fact that God is in control of all things. And uh, so we were able to start construction back in summertime. That was an earlier picture of construction. And uh, there's some block walls going up. Same people will ask, well, you know, the construction, yes, it looks like bunkhouse style. Well, when somebody uh, says they're going to donate a million dollars, you don't ask what kind of structure you're going to put up. You just say, go ahead and build it. And so this is kind of what it uh, started to look like. Um, some of you who remember being in dorms, in school, college, university, that's kind of what these rooms look like. They're small, they're block walls, uh, they're not the coziest place, but it is a room uh, with a bed, furniture, and uh, that is, uh, that's what we're constructing. We've had uh, 
Again, another example of early construction. Uh, for those of you, some of you might recognize that guy. Uh, Abby, hopefully you do. He actually was working that Saturday. Uh, we had a volunteer day and John came out and was part of our crew as far as working. Um, that is one of our board of directors. They also get involved and help us uh, with some of the work. That is what uh, the facility looks like as far as the outside. If you drive by now, that's, that's kind of what you'll see. And there's a few pictures here that, uh, that show that. And again, we've tried to spruce it up a little bit. Uh, we've added some character siding on the outside and done a few different things to just try and make it look a little homier uh, for the youth. There's a picture of the inside. That'll be the common room, like a living room. Um, it's a good size. It's about uh, 20 by 15 as far as size. Uh, to the left there is the office. Uh, so that'll be the entrance where the youth will come in. The facility will be uh, staffed uh, through the night. So it's not as if the youth have a free reign as far as what's going on. Another picture of the uh, interior. There's a picture of one of the rooms. Kind of hard to tell uh, what it looks like from that. There's a hallway, so there's rooms to the right, and uh, there's washrooms to the left. So there are 10 rooms, so we can have 10 youth stay, one youth per room. There are five washrooms, so two youth per washroom. And uh, that will be home for some of them. That's a picture again of the main common area. If you want to see more of the facility, we do have our grand opening, and that is taking place on December the 6th. And uh, from three o'clock to five o'clock, you can come in, take a tour, be part of our grand opening, and uh, see what uh, our dollars, because uh, again, Meadowbrook supports the bridge, and we greatly appreciate that. See what the dollars have done. People often ask, okay, how can I help? How can I be involved? Making quilts is a great thing. Uh, something you can do on your own time. Uh, the youth uh, are very excited. We got a few quilts last year already from the ladies, uh, and those quilts disappeared instantly. Uh, they're thrilled just to have something that was homemade. Um, and there's other volunteer opportunities. Like I said, youth mentors, uh, helping out with maintenance. There's lots of things you can do to help us. Secondly, you can participate. Uh, I've got a couple of slides coming up with some of our uh, fundraising events that we have coming up, and uh, hopefully you can get involved in that. Above all, pray. Pray for our staff. Pray for the volunteers. Pray for the youth. The youth that walk in our doors that um, would never really consider walking into a church like this because it's too scary of a place. But... Uh, the bridge of the facility, we want it to be a safe place for them. And you continue to pray for us as we develop uh, our next stages. Part of uh, our supportive housing facility uh, is a stepping stone. Uh, our desire, when a youth comes to us for their, our supportive housing, they will sign a contract. It won't be a lease agreement, it will be a contract where we will provide the youth with food, a roof over the heads, a warm bed, uh, but they will also have to do things like um, go out and look for work or go back to school or uh, improve their education. 
Uh, they'll have to leave that facility at 8 o'clock Monday morning, uh, every day of the week, Monday through Friday. They'll have to leave the facility and go do one of those things. Or they'll have to come into our phase one facility uh, and help with cleanup there, or they'll have to do any, uh, something else. Our purpose with all of this, again, is not just to give the youth a helping hand out, as the expression goes. We want to give the youth a helping hand up. We want to help them to better themselves, give them that word hope. Um, we want to instill it, that in them, and uh, that's our purpose. As I mentioned, we're having a soup and salad event this, sun, this Wednesday uh, at the Portuguese Club. So if you're looking for lunch next Wednesday, anytime between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, uh, come out to the Portuguese Club and, and uh, help support the bridge. Next April, April 17th, 2020, we are having our sleeping out event. How many of you participated last year? I know a number of the youth did. There's a few hands going up. Um, for me, it was an eye-opening experience. What we did was we asked people to raise pledges and come sleep outside with a piece of cardboard and a sleeping bag and experience what it's like to be homeless for one night. And uh, that ground got pretty hard. Uh, it got pretty cold. It was barely above freezing. Uh, did I sleep all night? No, I didn't. Uh, it was too cold, uh, too uncomfortable but it made me realize what some of these youth have to experience and have to experience every day. Uh, and that's a driving force uh, for me to continue on uh, with what we are doing at the bridge in helping youth. So set that date aside in your calendars and I'd like to see every one of you out uh, to sleep outside for one night. And uh, I don't wanna hear anything about bad backs and things like that. I, we heard a lot of excuses last year for those, who, some of who are a little bit older and said, oh, they couldn't sleep on the ground. Well, for one night, maybe you can do it. Heart of the matter. We are a non-judgmental safe place. We're not a church since God is love. How do we bring love to them? We were told when we first started, we don't want, need another church in our community. And that's very true. We have lots of good churches like Meadowbrook. We needed a facility that can be safe for all youth, regardless of their religion, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of their race, regardless of what they believe or don't believe, or what they think, uh, regardless of their language. Uh, we want to welcome all youth through those doors. And then as we welcome them, we will have the opportunity to share God's love with them in many different ways. And so a year ago, if you remember, um, I used this uh, scripture portion, and I'm going to read it again because it is so important to me and helps me in my work at the bridge. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to grab them and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and that's found on page 1,152 in the Bibles in the pews. It's not that long of a chapter, and I'm going to read it. There's a few other portions of scripture that I'm going to read now as I transition into uh, a little devotional that uh, God has laid on my heart. Uh, and Pastor Chris does such a great job when he's up here communicating to us what uh, the scriptures say. Uh, for me, I don't have those gifts and abilities, so all I'm going to do is read scripture. And I figure I'm safe with that. <laughs> Love. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak 
in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God's love for us. That's a driving force, something that I hope to be able to uh, communicate to the youth. Often I'll get asked from the youth, why do you believe this stuff? Do you really believe it? And so for the next couple of minutes, I'm just going to share a little bit of my story and why I believe what I believe. All of us have to believe in something, whether it's a religion, whether it's Mother Nature, uh, the gods of the earth as far as uh, how the weather changes and all of that. Do we believe in Mother Nature? Uh, the world is big on myself. I believe in me. I am my own God. I am in control of my own destiny. Uh, there are a lot of people that believe that. There are some that are atheists that believe there is no God. There are others who believe in evolution, that the world just happened. It just was formed. For me, there's five reasons why I believe what I believe. And the first one has to do with creation. When you look around us and you look at the world we live in, uh, the complexity of that world, I fully believe that there is an intelligent creator that, could have crea that had to have created this. It's not just possible for something like our world just to all of a sudden exist. The beauty of the earth. A number of weeks ago, I was, when we still had leaves on the trees, sitting in our backyard and the sun was setting and the sun was coming through all of those leaves. The colors of those leaves was just amazing. And uh, things like rainbows, mountains, um, the seas, the oceans. Uh, pick your most beautiful spot as far as uh, nature goes. And you ask yourself, where did all of this come from? Did it just happen? All these beautiful colors, did it just appear? Or again, is there a God that is supreme and in control of all of this? What about the aspect of the sun and the moon and the stars? We would need a scientist to come to, unless you guys are really good from your days of science in high school or university, to explain gravity, to explain how the moon orbits the earth and how those two orbit the sun. 
and all of that just holds its own just by physics and that there is no almighty God controlling all of that. I find it hard to believe that somebody would believe in something uh, other than that, other than the almighty God. What about us as human beings? Uh, I grabbed a couple of statistics and uh, there's a few medical professionals here that can verify or disprove these uh, few comments that I found uh, on the internet. But it says, 50,000 cells have died and have been replaced by new ones as I read this sentence within my body. That's amazing. The total length of all the blood vessels in the human body adds up to 100,000 kilometers if you were to put them all in a line. I, again, that's mind-boggling to me. Uh, whether it's actually been proven, I, I assume it must be. Something else, one drop of blood contains 1,000 white blood cells and 250,000 platelets in one drop of blood. And all of this just was created by chance, us as humans. I don't think so. The second reason why I believe what I believe is as a result of my parents. Uh, I was blessed with the parents who uh, know the Lord. And uh, for you as parents, you know that your kids are such sponges when they're young. Uh, you can influence them in certain directions very easily. And so for me, I have memories of uh, my dad early in the mornings reading his Bible at the breakfast table every single morning. Uh, visions of my mother reading her Bible at nighttime. And uh, they were also teachers for me. Uh, they walked uh, their faith. They taught me what, the importance of going to church, the importance of going to Sunday school, even when I didn't want to go. They modeled their faith with their actions and words they spoke. Uh, they were true examples to me. But yet it was their faith and not my faith. Uh, I didn't believe at that point in time. Another reason why I believe what I believe is a result of the Bible. Just again, a few interesting facts about the Bible. It is the best-selling book ever, with over 5 billion copies sold. There are over 66,000 manuscripts that, and scrolls that talk about the Bible and prove its historical accuracy. Uh, the next closest book, they, have, they found about 1,000 manuscripts. So again, the Bible is, uh, has such proof. The aspect of Jesus Christ and Julius Caesar. Nobody ever questioned whether Julius Caesar was a real Roman king. And yet people questioned that Jesus Christ was not real. And yet there are many more documents and proof that Jesus was a real person than there is for Julius Caesar. Archaeological findings. They're finding more archaeological findings every year that prove the events that prove people, that prove places uh, from the Bible, that again, approve the Bible's historic accuracy. This church, I started attending this church when I was about 16 years of age. And uh, uh, I've seen lots of pastors come and go. I've seen lots of people come and go from this church. But the Lord has remained faithful the Lord is the same Lord today as he was 16 years ago for me at this church. And that is, uh, again, part of the reason why I believe what I believe. And lastly, I believe what I believe because of my life. For what God has done in my life, his protection over me. Uh, in today's world, as 
parent, you know that you have to keep your kids very safe. They can't do things uh, like I used to do growing up where I would uh, ride motorcycles down the road when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, when I would climb, some of you may remember water towers from uh, the old tobacco factories. Uh, my dad was owner of those um, when they were warehouses and they had the tall water towers. As a kid, I climbed that to the top and there's no guardrail around, it's a total open ladder. Uh, you know, I did crazy things like that, but yet God uh, watched over and protected me. His faithfulness to me. Uh, the aspect of as we uh, get older in life and uh, we make decisions, uh, I wanted to make a decision to uh, get married in my early 20s. And uh, the Lord said, no. Uh, he, uh, he said, no, I've got somebody else in mind for you. And uh, that is uh, my wife, Dolores. And uh, praise and thank him for her. <clears throat> His patience for me. Uh, I make many mistakes every day. Uh, I'm a sinful man. But God's patience in my life uh, is, again, more proof of why I believe what I believe. And lastly, and most importantly, his saving grace in my life. Um, his, the personal relationship that I have with Jesus Christ is uh, what is the firm foundation that my faith relies on. It's what he does for me each and every day uh, that uh, instills in me the belief of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Again, if you have your Bibles, we'll turn to John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. Again, a very common, very popular passage in Scripture, but again refers to God's love. This is found on page 1065 in your Bibles. And the first verse is very familiar to all of us, I believe. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. My human mind can't comprehend all of this, but I have chosen to believe. Do I fully understand everything that I read in the Bible? Do I fully understand that there's an almighty God that created human beings? He created human beings for relationship, and yet us as human beings chose to live a life of sin, and he gave us that free choice. And so now there's a separation between us and God, and that he sent his son, his one and only son, to die on a cross so that we could, so that Jesus could bridge that gap for us for, uh, to, uh, again, bridge that gap and create that bond we have with God. Do I really understand all of that? No, I don't. 
it's confusing to me. My finite mind cannot comprehend that an almighty God would want that personal relationship with me. But through the Bible, through my life, the Lord has shown me that he desires that personal relationship. And uh, that is what drives me, uh, is to, to have that personal relationship with him. In closing, I've got one last uh, portion of scripture that I'd like to look at, and that's found in 1 John chapter 4. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21, and uh, that is found on page 1,230 in the Bibles in the Pew. And again, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to, the, to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I close with two questions first question is, what do you believe? It is my prayer that each one sitting in this room this morning will know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they will believe in an almighty God who desires a personal relationship with you. And please talk to somebody afterwards if you want to know more about this personal relationship with him. Secondly, for those of us who do believe, do we really believe what we believe? Do we really believe everything that it says in the scriptures, in the Bible? Pastor Chris has shared over the past number of weeks about an upside down kingdom, a place where God desires us to love our enemies, a place where we are to live a selfless life. These are very hard truths, hard for us to understand and accept. 
but that's part of scripture. That's part of what's in that Bible. And again, it is my prayer this morning that each one of us truly believes what we believe, that we accept God for who he is, for the power that he has, for his saving grace and his love for us and his desire for us to love all of those in our community, whether it's youth, whether it's our family, whether it's our neighbors. He desires us to love as he loves us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, again, praising and thanking you for the fact that you desire a relationship with each one of us. We pray, Lord, that you would work in each one of our lives, that you would use your spirit to work, to shape and change us into the children that you want us to be. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to believe what we really believe. I pray that you would, again, guide us as we leave here. I pray this in thy precious name. Amen.